Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 41 of License to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Kekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Oh, pretty well. Had a really nice day today. Um, had the day off. Played nice. in the snow a bunch with my kids. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, as we are recording this, this is Martin Luther King Day. I also had today off, which is a nice, it's a nice chill day to have like an, like an off day recording. Anyways, yeah, it's, it's a delight. It's a delight. I really like having a Monday off. Having a Monday off is almost better than having a Friday off. Oh, way better than having your Friday off. You know? Because a weekend always feels like, well, we're coming up on the weekend. I've earned that. So when we get, when there's a Friday off... It feels like, well, the weekend that I was already anticipating is just getting here earlier. Mm-hmm. But when a Monday is off, then it's like, well, the weekend is over and then I have a day off and that's a real treat. Yeah, it is. It's a real bonus. Uh, you know what else is a real treat, Dave? Episode 41 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called The Reckless... Well... Is it a treat, Matt? Hey, Dave. I, there Is was that only, how you there, felt? There, there, there when you finished so watching? There were, only, there were only so many ways to transition into telling them what the episode was. Um, I mean, listen, you know what is a treat is talking to you about it, regardless oh, of how I feel about go. the episode. Uh, the episode is called uh, The Reckless Dash Emperor's Frightful Fuel Check. Of course, it was written by Naruhisa Arakawa. Its original air date was December 6th, 1996. And if you would like to watch along with us, you can do so either on the DVDs or at ShoutFactory.tv. You know what else is a real treat, Dave? Is that every week, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to hear what our first star of the week is? I sure would, Matt. Dave, you know on occasion I like to, uh, I like to order a meal from a meal delivery service. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the best. Ordering a meal from a meal delivery service is wonderful. Usually. So, this past Thursday, I was at work, and we had made plans. Me and a couple of people on my uh, team ahead of time, we were like, you know what? We're all going to get together, and we are going to order Thai food on Thursday for lunch. It's going to be great. So, Thursday rolls around. I get everybody's order. As soon as the place is available to order from, I punch it in. You are, you're on it. I'm on it. Because I'm like, right. not only am I ordering, if I'm ordering for myself, I can be lazy about it. But I'm ordering lunch for me and four other people. Right. You are spearheading this Thai food effort. Right. You know, you're just sitting here hitting refresh on Uber. It pops up. You're in gear. So I order the food. I punch it all in. It says, okay, like the restaurant is making the food. It'll be there in X amount of time. Great. Gripped and ripped. And then, you know, you you can see on those apps when somebody picks up the order, like when someone agrees to do the order, you can see the car drive to the restaurant, and then you can see the car drive from the restaurant to wherever you are to give you the food. Sure can. Theoretically. Now, what happened to me on Thursday is that I saw the car drive to the restaurant, and then I saw the car stay at the restaurant. 
Now, I'm like, listen, I ordered it as soon as it could possibly be ordered. I'm sure they have people in the restaurant. We're not necessarily their first priority. So I let it I let it simmer for a while. Well, after a while, the car still had not moved from the restaurant parking lot. So I call the restaurant, right? Right. And I say, hey. Hey. No, no rush. But I mean, sort of a rush though. I am on lunch break here. Eh, I was gonna eat at my desk anyway. So I say, hey. Uh I don't want to rush you, but I did order some food. Can you give me an update maybe on when that food is going to be ready? Because it looks like the driver is waiting for the food to be ready. And they tell me, oh, the food's been ready. In fact, the driver has already picked it up. At which point I look at my my app and I see that the car is still in the parking lot of the, li- of, the uh, of the restaurant. And I say, huh. Weird. Huh, is what I say. And I'm like, well... It doesn't appear to, that that's the case. And they say, oh, well, we actually have the phone number of the driver. Would that you like goes it? Into the system. Would you like it? And I say, thank you. That would be lovely. I can just do a little cross-checking, you know, do a little research. So I call, I call that phone number and I say, hi, driver's name. Uh, waiting on a Thai order. Can you give me an update? I'm hearing that the food's been picked up, but I understand things happen. Could you let me know what's happening? And they say to me, well, the the restaurant told me that it was going to be a little while until the food was ready. So I've been in the parking lot waiting for it. Well, I say, could you please stop in and check with them? Because I, I, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm sort of in the middle here and you're the only two people who are in the same geographical zone. Right. Yeah. Like I cannot obviously like dip in right. and sort this out in person. So I say, hey, could you, could you, could you do me a favor? Could you stop in? And I'm thinking, listen, I'm asking him to get out of their car. I'm going to add a little more to the tip, you know, just to make sure. Well, he would have had to get out of the car to get the food anyways. Well, sure, sure. But, you know, this is this is becoming an ordeal. So they say, hey, when when this food becomes available, is this a number that I can reach you at to let you know that everything's cool? I say yes. I wait another 20 minutes. I have not heard back from them. So I call them back. And my phone goes immediately to voicemail. Which means that okay. they asked me if that was the number I could reach them at so that they could punch that number in and say, please do not uh, let me see any more phone calls from this number. So I call the restaurant back and I say, hey, I'm terribly sorry to be a bother. It seems like there's an issue with this food order. Now, I, I could keep going back and forth with this. Uh, there's a lot of back and forth phone calls between me, the restaurant, trying to get a hold of the driver and also Uber Eats. Here, Dave, is eventually what ended up happening as I discovered it. The driver, upon arriving at Uber Eats, or arriving at the restaurant, parked their car in the parking lot, got out, went into the restaurant, picked up the food, went back out to their car. However, Dave, there was... I I thought there were already enough parties involved in this between me, the driver, and the restaurant. Turns out, there was a rogue fourth party involved. What? The rogue fourth party, Dave, was a repo man. Because the driver had not been making their car payments. So You've got to be kidding me. So a tow truck had been tailing them the entire time. And when they stopped their car in the parking lot to run in and get the food, the tow truck like pulled up and blocked their car from being able to leave. And what so they did even? go they did go in and get the food. They did go back out to their car, but then that car 
did not move for a very long time. <laughs> because so, it was busy being jacked up on a tow truck. But the dude did not tell you this. Oh, no. The, the driver did not make this known to me. So eventually, that is wild. So like I have, and and the only reason I know any of this is because I was calling back and forth. So the owner of the restaurant like had my phone number and called me and said, "Hey, just so you know, I've gotten like, some, I've, I've gotten call. some new information, <laughs> and this is what's happened." And he was actually holy cats. Yeah, the 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 owner of the restaurant was super cool about it. He was like, "Listen." If you want to, like, reorder, I can drive it to you myself. But by that point, I'd already, like, reordered it on Uber Eats, which I think would mess it up if somebody else tried to drive it to me. Anyway, hey. long story short, I did get the food eventually. I ordered the food at 11.43. The food showed up at 2.45. Oh, wow. My only weird Uber Eats story is uh, one time I ordered from Zoma, which is this Ethiopian place that I order from. Hey, long-time uh, listeners are well aware. Yeah, so I had ordered like Uber Eats uh, just because we were like real busy. And then like the food showed that it was picked up and then the order was canceled. Like after the food got picked up, the driver canceled the order and was like, oh, I tried to drop the food off, but like the person wasn't there. And I was like, well, I was definitely here. Like dude just took my food. I feel like that sort of thing has to happen more than people are talking about. Or maybe some people are talking about it and I'm just not in those conversations. So yeah, like dude just absconded with my dinner. uh, And then so I just had to like reorder. And then the guy from the restaurant called me and was like, hey, like what happened? I was like, oh, like that dude just took off with my food. I don't know what's going on. Like I didn't have to pay for it twice or anything. Uber covered that part of it. Now I will say yesterday... We had like a, a very, very busy day and uh, like, you know, time was kind of getting away from us. And so we said, oh, it's just like, we'll just, we'll just order Zoma. Um, and so we, Beth put in the order and I went to pick it up. And, but she said, when she put in the order, the owner of the restaurant said, oh, are you ordering for Dave? And she said, yes. And he said, tell him it'll be ready in 20 minutes. So... I don't like I now see now I need to ask this dude his name because he knows my name. Sure. So like if he says like, oh, hi, Dave, I need to be able to respond with like his name. I'm just but like now I'm having like a moment of like real like white person American dread that he's going to know my name. And, like, he is an immigrant from Ethiopia, and so I, I am just desperately hoping his name is going to be, like, pronounceable in such a way for me that, like, I'm not going to be embarrassed that I'm going to screw it up. You know what I mean? Like, you want to be cool. Be like, oh, like, that's your name. I want to have respect for you and say it properly. I just, like, really hope that it's a name that I can say. <laughs> right, because you can't say, yes, hello, this is Dave. Is this restaurateur? It's so nice to talk yeah. to you, restaurateur. So now, Matt, after this whole ordeal, I do have to ask, A, in in true uh, J Brothers fashion, I do need to know what you actually had ordered, and B, was it good? Oh, Dave, um, I, I'm happy to tell you, I ordered something called Drunken Noodles. Oh, Drunken Noodles are great. Uh, I ordered it extra spicy with chicken. Yep. Uh, it, it is spicy enough. It's like right on the top of my spice tolerance. 
where like when I by the time I finish eating it, I have a little bit of like sweat on the back of my neck. Yeah, that's the precise. That's where you want to be. I feel like like I never stop eating it, but I do feel the effects when it's done. Yes, um, yeah, that's right in the pocket. I feel like uh, not only was it good, I okay. This is a difficult thing to say. It may have been better than it's ever been before, or maybe I was so hungry by the time it showed up that I was well, just Matt, like leading into it. Hunger is the greatest sauce, as they say. Well, that's what I uh, hear. Green curry, green curry with pork is my go-to. Oh, that's a good one. Hunger yeah. is hunger is the greatest sauce. Is that is that in that Escoffier book? We got a page it, on hunger. It might be. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what stock you would start that with. No, you don't. I think it's that's from, the thing. Uh, you just don't. I think that's from Howard. I think I may have read that in like Howard Pyle's Robin Hood. Well, I, mean, I, I, I could go up. pull it off the shelf, but I'd spend a while flipping through it. Uh, yeah, that seems like not not great audio. Uh, instead of that, Dave, why don't you tell me what our second star of the week is? So our second show of the week, Matt, is, as I mentioned, I spent the day hanging out uh, with the kids, which was a ton of fun, and we uh, we went and we played in the snow. I I took all the snow from one part of the driveway and, like, piled it up and, like, tamped it down and made a big slide. Nice, it's not a big nice. slide, but there are only three. Sure. So that was cool. Now, there was a, a spot I was, like, sort of tossing some snow, and uh, Sugar Bean sort of, like, walked right into the path of a flying shovel of snow and just got like, <laughs> just like a shovel full of, of, it was loose powdery snow, but just like a shovel full of snow launched directly into her face. I feel like a it sort of like filled her hood. In one of two ways, either it's going to ruin their day or that's the best part of their afternoon. No, she was not stoked about it, uh, ah, but she well. did recover, which was which was good, you know. But it got me thinking. We are having, as we've mentioned a couple of times, an unseasonably mild winter this year, so far at least. Yeah, and I just, you know, dude, I feel like we are going to go the whole year, and I'm not. There's not going to be any snow days, and that's a crime. That's a criminal crime against children and teachers. You know, I'll tell They're you, like, I, I don't feel as bad for teachers because, like, I I gotta go to work, you know. Right, yeah, no, like it's not as bad, but like it's my job to go. Right, but for children, you need to have that, like, having that weird release valve in the middle of winter where just one day you have this weird perfect holiday on a Thursday. Yeah, taking that away like, from children that is a crime. It's it's awful. Like if a if a winter goes by and there's not even a single snow day, like it's just like you deserve one. Like you sh- you're supposed to have at least one snow day minimum. And like I sort of and I know they don't. They this is not a thing that anybody does, but they should. If there's no snow day, like you should just have one on principle. If it's like mid February. And there haven't been any snow days. Just like one day, like the lightest dusting of snow, you just call it. And you just say, like, you know what? T- take the day off. Today well, you, is the snow day. Well, you know, Dave, this, I, I feel like this is related to my theory on wedding presents, which I feel like I've brought up on the show before. Mm, we, if you have, I can't recall it off the top of my head, Matt. Okay, well, listeners, if I've said this before, I apologize for repeating myself. But here is my theory on wedding presents is that 
if you get to the age of either 30 or 35 and you oh, and you have never been presents. married yes we have talked about okay. this okay yeah you should be able to have a like single person wedding registry because everybody else has already gotten a new toaster from their wedding registry and you were still dealing with the one that you got like right out of college now i will say matt i fully support you in that idea however you know, like you've only got one, you sort of only got one cash in on that. That's true. That's true. You know true. what I'm saying? So like if you were to later decide that you were going to get married, that you would then, you would just have to tell everybody like, well, it's o- it's okay. Yeah. Like, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that definitely has to be part of it. Like you were allowed to cash in on that once. Like. Yeah. And if you feel like you're never going to get married, you can cash in. And then if it ever does happen, you just like add that to your invitation. Like it's on your invitations. Like, please come, but I already have a toaster. Right. So, Matt, that's, uh, I just, I feel, I just, I can kind of feel it coming. I feel like we're not going to get any snow days this year. And it's a real, because there's five days. This, in our, in our district, there's five days built into the school year. And if it was like, hey, if there's no snow days, you get out of school a week early then it would be fine right, because then sure. you would say like, Oh, it's cool. We're going to like, you know, we'll power through maybe. And then there's a reward at the end as is there's no, there's no payoff for, for not having a snow day. You just have more stuff. I mean, the payoff Dave is education. Well, I mean, okay. Yeah, Matt, I know that's the lie that I tell to the kids too, <laughs> but it's not, it's, it's a lie. It's a lie, man. It's a lie that adults tell children. Um, what? It's not true. Education is very important. Um, what <laughs> is our third star of the week? Dave, our third star of the week is um, actually speaking of like getting presents for a thing, like a, a thing event in your life. I went to a baby shower over the weekend. Oh, okay. I was very curious how are you going to... Because I'm looking at the list of stuff, and I was real curious as to how you were going to transition from presence into what's written down. But a baby shower is a good segue. Go well, ahead. What is written down are the words hedgehog balloon, which I will get well, to. Well, that's... Yeah, hence my confusion, Matt. Wait, who's uh, who's having a kid? Uh, just a friend of mine. Okay, right. Um, it's, it was actually cool. It's, it is a friend of mine who's just sort of like a friend from around town. And oh, so, dang. like, a bunch of people got together to, like, organize a baby shower for her. And it was nice because I was there for, like, the blowing up balloons and, like, setting up the decorations part of the shower. And so, Fun. like, seeing all of the people who I do not regularly see in, like, responsible party planning mode in responsible party planning mode was a really nice day. Nice. Oh, hey, totally side, total side note. Did you uh, hear... I don't know that you would have, that our good friend, Molly O'Brien, got engaged. I did hear that. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, I know. She's marrying an Australian sheep farmer. It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> that might sound Anyways. like a joke, but if you know those, that person, then you know that it is not a joke. Yeah, no, sorry. That is 100% not a joke. Like, it really is. This is perfect. It's amazing. Um, anyways, Matt, so I still, oh. I burn to know how we're going to get from where we're at to hedgehog balloon. Well, okay. So, you know, it was a, it was a shower. So there were a lot of balloons. I actually spent yep. a good while the night before making balloon animals to bring in. 
I was really hoping that's where we were going with well, this. Well, the, the, the hedgehog balloon was not a balloon that I had twisted. I do not know how to twist a hedgehog balloon. I feel like it would involve a lot of balloons. Yeah, now, okay, you keep talking. Because uh, I, I did do an octopus balloon, and that takes four balloons, and that's only eight legs. That's not a back full of spines. Uh, but there Octopus, were... surprisingly hard to do. I'm just always afraid I'm going to pop a bunch of balloons. Worked out really nice, actually. Um, you gotta pre, you gotta pre-twist each balloon, and then you twist the retwist the group of them together. That's the trick. Matt, I am looking at a balloon twisted hedgehog, and it is, uh, it is downright adorable. I believe you. So here, this was not a balloon twisted hedgehog. This was like a mylar balloon hedgehog, right? Okay, and, got it. And it was yes, filled yes, with yes. helium, but we were filling the balloons. While we were there, we didn't go and get helium-filled balloons. Because you can, like, get a tank of helium for these sort of parties. And mm-hmm. there was this one hedgehog balloon, Dave, that was filled to, like, the exact perfect amount of helium where it wasn't going up and it wasn't going down. It was just... It was just sort of in stasis? It was just in stasis floating in the middle of the room. Now, love it. Here's what that means for a party that goes a number of hours. Oh my gosh, there's a sea turtle. It's incredible. Is, Sorry, is I've just that, got some pictures up of balloon twisted animals. Is that the like the hedgehog balloon? Because it didn't float up to the ceiling or down to the floor, it was just in the middle. The hedgehog balloon essentially became another guest at the party because you never knew where it was going to be. There was a point in the course of the evening where we just didn't know where it was or the morning rather like we just we knew that it was there we knew that we would have seen it if it had like gone out a door somewhere but for some reason it just disappeared for like an hour or two until someone went into the bathroom and realized like oh the hedgehog balloon has been in the bathroom the whole time (laughs) but you would just like turn around and this hedgehog balloon would be right behind you like staring you in the eyes or you'd like go behind like a little bar area to grab a new glass and like it would just be floating there as though it were tending bar it was amazing like you almost never see a like a balloon that is floating just on that level and i'll tell you it was a real treat And of course, Dave, speaking of treats, would you please tell me what our fourth star of the week is? So our fourth star of the week, Matt, is I just, this is an old, guys, you know how we do it here. We love to review games that came out like at least six, anytime between six months and maybe like three years ago. Sure. What do you got for me? Here's what I got for you, Matt. It's a game called Frostrune, and I just found it on mobile. And it's weird to me because it's a... It's a free game, and it's very good, and there's no version, there's no ads, and there's nothing that you have to pay for, and there's no version of like, there's not even like a, hey, give us a few dollars if you would like to, which I would. I would give these people money. Like, there's no monetary anything, and it's just weirding me out. Anyways, this game Frostrune, and it is, it's like an old King's Quest slash Quest for Glory slash whatever. I, I like, love it's like those an, games. It's like an old style Sierra point and click, like find stuff and do puzzles adventure game set in like uh, pre-medieval Norway. Okay. And it's it's gorgeous. 
It's very cool gameplay. There's like a full soundtrack. It's fully voiced. Like, this is an impressive game. I, I don't know. I can't figure out how they're planning on making money on it unless it's just like somebody's best resume. But anyway, it say, came maybe, out in like 2017. Maybe Frost Rune 2 is going to be like a $60 game on the Xbox. I don't know. But like, based that's the on only Frost way I can figure 1, it out. I would seriously consider it. Anyways, yeah, it is just like you're just like wandering around you know, pointing and clicking and finding stuff and doing puzzles. And you can like flip into the spirit realm. So you're sort of like having to like constantly flip back and forth and like looking at things in, in like the normal world and in the spirit realm. And there's places that you can only go if you're in the spirit realm and only go if you're in the physical realm. Um, it's rad. It's, it's just like, I don't have jokes about it. I'm sorry. Just like if you haven't found this game and you dig this sort of you know, that sort of like point and click and find stuff kind of game. Um, let me recommend to you very strongly this game Frost Rune. Uh, Dave, I've only been playing Dave, it for like I, two I, hours, I think but that, it's great. I think that the the trick is that, I don't know, you're on Android and I'm on, you're on Android, rather. You're on, you, you got one of those Andrew phones? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on iOS and the Frost Rune by Snow Cannon Games. That's the one. Uh, is definitely $5 on the iOS app store. <laughs> Ah, okay. Well, it's five. It's free. I, Matt, it's definitely worth $5. Okay. Dude, I loved... Okay. Is it more Is it more of a Sierra game? Or is it all a LucasArts game? Is it like... Does it have a whiff of a Seven Max Hit the Road or a Full Throttle? In, in the idea that, like, there are... It is, like, slightly comedic? Yeah. No, not at all. Okay. Not not in the slightest. Like, this is a full-on... Even the Sierra games were funny. No, this is sort of like like bleak and Norse. Okay. But the gameplay is is very similar. I, man, I'm still sad that there was... Was there ever a sequel to Full Throttle? I feel like there no, wasn't there was for 20 not. years, and then I heard there was going to be, and I don't know if it ever actually happened. I don't think it ever happened. I think there was a lot of talk about it. A lot of flim-flam never actually happened. Anyway, well, they probably couldn't get uh, the Gone Jackals to come back and do the soundtrack again. I don't know why the, that is in my brain that they did the soundtrack for that game, but they did. It was the Gone Jackals. Well, that's a great... Well... Nope. Nope, never came out. Never came out? Okay. Yeah. Ah, well. Uh, there were some follow-ups to Sam and Max that I never played. Anyway, Dave, what is our fifth and final Star of the Week? Well, our fifth and final story of the week, Matt, is like, frankly, I haven't just haven't been doing a whole lot. But what I have been doing is thinking a lot about the Dungeons and Dragons game that we're going to play. So we're going to talk about that. That's very exciting because uh, the like I also have not been doing a lot. And the only thing I've been doing is playing Hollow Knight, which is not a thing that I can really talk about because uh, it's just a game I've been playing and not an idea ooh. I've been having. Yeah. So I'm frankly probably investing way too much mental energy in something that we just practically are only going to have a chance to play a handful of times. Although I have hopes the twins are sleeping a little bit better now. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can we can get some online something going on between the four of us. Well, I mean, anyway, as, so as someone who's going to be playing the game, I'm very pleased that you're putting this much time into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be very good. So we've decided on a nautical, nautical sort of theme. Which is and, great. Uh, I'm almost definitely going to play a swashbuckler. Yeah, swashbucklers are real excellent. So I am totally willing. So right now 
It is, uh, the world is called Farigay, F-A-R-R-I-G-E, and it's called that because I just looked up the Gaelic word for, like, the sea, and that's what it is. But I don't love that. It's kind of a placeholder. So if anybody's got any better ideas, let me know. Um, anyways, so it's, uh, it's on, like, a big archipelago is what we got so far. And But the archipelagos are, like, super-duper heavily forested and very, very dangerous. So kind of everybody lives on the coast, which is why... And it's also, like, real mountainous. Um, so that's kind of why everybody, like, lives by the ocean. Because that's, like, where it's where it's sort of easiest to live. I'm thinking, like, it's kind of like a mid-1800s sort of feel. But, like, with fantasy, uh, kind of Eberani, if you're familiar with with that sort of element um, of the D&D world. You know I love an Eberron. Yeah, so here is... Are you telling me I could play a Warforged swashbuckler? Well, I'm not going to do Warforged. There's, I do have a list of allowable uh, races. Right now, I'm thinking humans, high elves, half-elves, halflings, half-orcs, all, uh, all, all the halves. All the halves. Tritons, which are like uh, sea elves, kind of. Um, turtles, which are like cool turtle people, uh, grungs, which are frog people, uh, then water ganasi and air ganasi, and then I think I'm maybe gonna pull in simic hybrids from the uh, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, although the fluff will, for them will, will be different. Anyways, that's what I've got. I'm stoked to play this game. I'm also stoked, Matt. To talk about this episode of Super Sentai. Yes, uh, episode 41. As previously mentioned, the Reckless Dash Emperor's Frightful Fuel Check. Uh, we are going to take a break. We're going to watch the show, and we will be right back. All right, welcome back. We have just watched episode 41 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. And Dave, now that we're in... I feel like we've talked about this the last few weeks, but like now that we're past episode 40, like we're in episode 41 and there are 48 episodes of this show and the knowledge that we always do the last two episodes is like a, like a giant size special issue. It really does feel like we are circling around the end of this show. Doesn't it? Dude, you know, I, you would think that we would be used to this kind of by now. Because, like, this is very much how Sentai sort of works. Like, there's, like, a big spike in episodes, like, one through, like, four. Where, like, all sorts of stuff is happening. And then it sort of, like, kind of, like, dawdles along until mid-season. And then there's, like, a big turn mid-season. And then it dawdles along for another, like, couple episodes. And then the last, like, ten episodes... Every single one of them is like hot fire. Like they just like they just like ramp it up right at the end. And again, you would think that I would be like used to the ebb and flow of this by now, but I'm not. Like it does always sort of catch me off guard. Like, oh, right, this is episode 41. There's only a handful of episodes left. Like things are getting crazy. And they definitely are. Okay, so let, let's just hop into the craziness. We start on uh, Barabarian in the BB Saloon and all our faves are hanging out. You got President Dynamo, you got Zelmoda, you got Inventor Grotch. Of course you have the beauties on that. Uh, and actually we're going to have another old favorite coming in a little later in the episode. 
Yeah, there is. Man, there's a side blurb. I just want to talk about it <laughs> briefly because they've all got drinks. And President Gynamo, he's got like a big water bottle, but the water bottle has like a huge straw on it. Well, it has and to I, because otherwise his yes. weird like monster rubber head couldn't get at it. No, I just thought it was fantastic attention to detail because, like, this dude's anatomy would not support. Like, he can't reach his face. Right. The the prop designers are like, listen, we are not going to pretend that this is a very agile person who is being represented by unyielding foam and rubber. We're just going to let you know that that's what this guy's life is actually like. And all of his drinks have to have a comically large straw. Yeah, like, this dude orders, like, he needs, like, the made-for-TV, like, hey, like, this is for you if you have a problem. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's a great touch. Um, so anyways, so they're all hanging out, and, uh, and and like, this, like, a, an energy comet, like, drops into the BB saloon, and then it solidifies, and it's, it's a drawing. It's a, we've seen this drawing before. It is the completed... Like concept art, I guess, for uh, Evil Emperor Exhaust's intergalactic, like Autobahn of of Doom, right? And, His Evil Autobahn, Space Autobahn thing. And this painting that appears is on an easel being displayed in the middle of the bar, which I think is yep. a nice touch. It's not just like an image that is floating; it is a physical painting on an easel that shows up in the middle. Everyone looks over and they're like. What is happening here? Why are we looking at this? And the reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust's giant face booms in through the window like, This is a picture of my completed highway, and it will be completed by and for the Bozoak. And everyone kind of looks at each other like, Well, I think I like how that sounds, but I, I don't actually know what this means. He's like, No, listen, I'm making a highway. Here's a picture of it. When it is completed, if you have done all that I ask you to complete this highway, you all will have free lifetime passes to ride these roads the, however you want to. So, like, just continue to like do my bidding, and then eventually the galaxy will be full of roadways for you to, like, spread your driving chaos. Right, uh, which is awesome. This is exactly what the Bozok want to hear. This is a perfect sell for them. And he says, but you have to destroy the Rangers. Like, you just, I'm going to tell you how to do it. But, like, I do need you to do my dirty work for me. Yeah. I wonder uh, if we're so, ever going to find out why. Not even, like, dirty work, but like I guess. Because, like, he's definitely evil. Like, you just need to do the grunt labor of this. Right. Do you think we're going to find out why he needs them to do this for him? Or is he just, like, a real hands-off guy? I would be deeply surprised if they delved into into that level of story. But uh, but who knows? I've been surprised in the past. So we go from there. Down to Earth. Uh, we see it's Christmas tree. And uh, everybody is excited that it is Christmas time. This is something interesting that I just found out. That, of course, like in, in Japan, like they definitely celebrate Christmas. Like they definitely do a thing. Sure. But you do not get, and I happen to know this because our sister lives in Japan and she did not get time off for Christmas. So like it's definitely a holiday in the sense of like it's a big fun thing that they do, but like they do not 
You don't get like time off from school for it. I think it's sort of, sort of like Cinco de Mayo or something in America. Like we know what it is and we don't celebrate it right. But we do do something. But we do do something for it. <laughs> um, so anyways, so the, there's the, a Christmas tree. Yeah, they're all decorating this tree. And it's not a tree that's in the garage. It's just sort of like oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. a town it's like, it's like a mall tree, yeah. But for some reason, like Natsumi is putting an ornament on it, I think. Maybe it's just like a public, you know, you just get to like walk by, put on an ornament. It's festive. Actually... A public tree that you can just walk by and put on your own ornament that you're not planning to that collect would be later. Ex- that would be, be very great. nice. I would be super into that. So Minoru, all of a sudden, uh, he pulls a full pull, pulls a full Minoru and uh, kind of... He shouts out in horror. And as it turns out, it's not because he's thinking about the events of the previous episode. Right. And everybody's just like, whoa, I know what's going on. He's like, I have not bought my parents their Christmas presents yet. And everyone's like, Minoru. Although, uh, like that's all not of them video. also say, like, yeah, we also have not. We're all grossly irresponsible. Well, except Yuko. She says, I totally bought my parents' presents. And they're like, you? That's weird, because you don't seem like that devoted of a child. And she's like, oh, it's only because I'm expecting presents from my par- from." From my parents. Right. It, and so... Yeah, I'm going to buy them something so they'll get me a huge present in return. Yeah. And then, as she's talking about a huge present being delivered to her, a huge present box lands, like, 30 feet away from them. And they walk over, and it says, like, you know, to the car rangers, Merry Christmas. And they all look at each other, like, well... And there's a bunch of other people standing around. They're like, well, this is definitely weird. This is a Bozoak thing, right? Yes, 100% this is a Bozoak thing. Yeah. The box opens up, and inside is a monster. And... It is. It's our old buddy. It's our old buddy, that giant cockroach from the saloon. Gokichan. Gokichan. Uh, but he's dressed up now, and he's got sort of like a Christmassy outfit, but he also has like a tank on his chest... And attached to the tank is, like, a big set of, like, kissy lips that are over his mouth. Yeah, they're, like, very obviously not his face. And he pops out, and everyone looks at each other, like, oh, what is happening? Like, what? Like, just, uh, this, this is, is weird and And they dumb. all look at each other, like, this guy again? We have definitely seen this guy before. This is not the first time around. And one of them does say, like, well, his lips are bigger this time. Maybe this is... I don't like, know. Maybe, maybe this the maybe this is worth our time. So uh, Kyosuke pulls the the hey look over there and he looks over and then he looks back and they're gone and then they attack him in ranger form. And this is a very weird. This is a very weird fight. Um, it's sort of a non-fight. It I shouldn't say that. It is definitely a fight, but the fight only exists to highlight what happens at the end. So here's the deal. Basically, what these lips do is they are like energy-sucking lips. And if he can kiss you, he can, like, suck your energy away. Yeah. So he managed, over the course of the fight, uh, Gaki-chan manages to kiss all the rangers. All of their energy is drained. It looks like things are about to go down, you know, uh, badly for them. Dapu, of course, is watching on his, his omniscient monitors and he says, oh, no, Rangers, like, you know, like, sort of, like, stay stay with it. And he holds up the car magic amulet. 
And then as he does that, the Rangers are, are like revived and then they beat the snot out of Gaki-chan and the fight is over. Yeah. The important part here is is this thing that has happened with Dapu. That Dapu is, we are just reminded that Dapu is the sort of like conduit through which car magic flows to the rangers. Yeah, so so Gaki-chan rolls back up to the BB saloon and he's being like roundly scolded for not beating the car rangers. And everyone's like, "Oh, we even like inventor Grotch is like, I even gave you new kissing lips and you still couldn't beat them." And like, "Grotch, come on, man. Like you knew that yeah. wasn't going to work." And everyone is like, you know, mocking him for not having beaten the car rangers and the the Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust is like, no, check this out. I've been watching the game tape. Like, I saw all this go down. Even though he lost, here's what happened. He did succeed in sucking their energy out. The only reason he lost is because there is some other thing somewhere else that's channeling more car magic energy to them. At which point, uh, President Gynamo and somebody were like, oh, that's got to be Dapu, the one survivor from the planet Hazard. He's like their conduit to car magic. That's what's going on. Now, apparently, the reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust has no idea that Dapu exists, nor does he know that anyone has managed to survive the destruction of uh, the planet Hazard. Because when he hears this, he has a little bit of a freak out. Yeah, he flips right out. And, like, I don't know what, I don't know why. My only guess is that, like, maybe the fact that Dapu looks like Yoda is a little bit more intentional than I had originally assumed. And that, like, Hazardians do, in fact, have some, like, powerful, inherent connection to car magic. Yeah. That would make... That would make the fact that one of them survived, like, really significant in Exhaust's plans. So he has this freak out, and he's like, listen, okay, that's bad. But now that I know that that guy exists, here's the deal. If we can capture this Dapu character, then it's going to be so easier for, for us to defeat the Car Rangers. Like, yes. they really rely on him, maybe even more than they know that they do. Uh... Spoiler alert, he is super correct. Yes. Uh, we get a quick shot of Zonette, and she is she's kind of looking on, and she's, she's clearly pondering. She's got that diary that she started with her, the, and she kind of glances down the, at that. The, like the romance exchange diary that she and uh, Kyosuke both have one, and they're supposed to fill them out and trade them in. Like yes. to like to increase their courtship or something, right? Uh, so she's kind of like looking down at that. We're not really sure what's going on, but she clearly has has something going on. So back to Pegasus Motors. The Rangers all walk in. They've done their shopping. They're very excited. Dapu sort of like pops around the corner. He's got a little book with him, and we can't quite see what it is yet. And he's like, "Hey guys, like, hooray everybody! What's your plan for Christmas?" And they're all like. We're going to go spend Christmas with our living families. It's going to be the best. Uh, right. <laughs> Dapu, of course, is super bummed out about this. And, they, and they're like, no, this is like, this is our annual tradition. Pegasus Motors always closes down for Christmas, and we all get to go see our families. 
It's going to be super good. Sorry that you have to, like, stay at the garage by yourself over Christmas. And on one hand, that sounds super callous, but... I don't think they even... Do they even say that? They do very briefly. But, like, the thing is, like, Dapu's a space alien. Christmas is an Earth holiday. Like, it's very, like, when I was surprised that Dapu cared about Christmas at all, frankly... Because, like, he is from the planet Hazard, where, like, they probably have different holidays. Yeah, well, it turns out that either he has been on Earth long enough that he is into Christmas, or they just have Christmas on the planet Hazard, because he's very definitely into Christmas. And the fact that the Rangers are going to leave, and leave their orphan child boss alone for Christmas uh, strikes a real nerve. And he's like, wait, no, that's not acceptable. Like superheroes have to spend Christmas together. Like it's the, like it's, that's a it's rule. The rule. And everyone's like, I have never heard that rule. I feel like you might be making this up because again, I don't think they know that Dapu is 12. Because yeah, that's and he gets really upset and he's like, "No, you're all being selfish. How dare you act this way?" Like when he is hiding, what we find out is a homemade like coloring book plan thing that is full of pictures that he has crudely drawn in crayon of all of I mean, them. They're not, they're they're not, not that crude. crude. Like they're, they're not pretty decent drawings, dude. He has like stickers of the Rangers on the front. Like, he has made a full-on, like, kids' Christmas wish wish plan book. Yeah. I'm so, I'm furious that the Rangers, that this show is now making me care about Dapu in this way. <laughs> First of all, I'm mad that they're making me care about Dapu. Second, I'm mad that they're making me have, like, real intense dad feelings about this. Like, that's not what I'm here oh, for. Oh, yeah, because I do feel bad for Dapu a bit, but not, like, in a real way. Yeah. So... We we go, they're all just like, Tapu, like, come on, man. Like, be cool. Like, we want to see our families. He sort of, like, storms off. And then we see him in the, the sort of, like, secret garage part. And he's, like, drawing big X's over his plans. And, and then he gets this, like, it's this really, like, kind of gut-wrenching. He's like, my mom is dead. I, of course, I also would like to celebrate Christmas with my family. He's sort of talking to the void here. But my mom's dead, and my dad was, like, off on a trip, what? but he's obviously dead, too, and then we see, like, a flashback of the entire planet exploding. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. Then. Suddenly. Suddenly. We cut away to a very different place. Very, very different place. We're on the surface of some planet. I'm going to say Saturn, because that's the one they keep referencing. Just on the bare surface of this pockmarked planet. And and, the, and there's a barber there. Just kind of chilling out in open space. An alien barber, of course. An alien barber, of course. And who's getting a cut? Well, who, but who, I was going to say, who do we know that has it as part of his regular routine to go to the barber? Of course it's the VRV Master. I had forgotten that that was part of his routine, but yes, uh, it's VRV Master. So, obviously, VRV Master is Dapu's dad who survived. Well, okay. we That is not being told to us yet, but it is 
Yeah, okay, okay no, so we do not see the face already. Here's thing, what happens. But... VRV Master's helmet is not on, but we don't see his head. And as we cut away from Dapu talking about his dad, who he assumes is dead, the VRV Master sneezes. And the barber is like, oh, are you okay? And VRV Master says, oh, yes, of course, I'm fine. It must just be that someone in the galaxy is talking about me right now, and that has, like, triggered my sneeze. So, yeah, I mean, listen, obviously this is his dad. Uh, I I think this is maybe the first we have gotten this inclination. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was, like, is... You know, as soon as we saw this, and it was like, oh, this is very obviously Dapu's dad. I was like, oh, oh, dang, okay. And he puts his helmet back on. And again, we still don't see his head, and we don't see that his head is Dapu-shaped. Although, like, I mean, come on. Come on, right? Uh, But he puts his helmet back on. He's like, yes, thank you. Here's the tip. I'll be on my way. Yeah. So... This does, like, it suddenly makes VRV Master make a whole lot of sense. Like, why does he have car magic robots? Well, because he's the other last surviving Hazardia. Right, like, Dapu showed up with a big robot. VRV Master, who was a big Dapu, shows up with bigger robots. Now, if only Dapu's Uh, grandfather was still alive. We would be, we would be golden. Nobody would need to worry about it. Um, ooh, what if Evil Emperor Exhaust is his grandfather? I mean... Dude's huge. He is massive. Anyways, so we go from there to the BB Saloon, and speaking of Evil Emperor Exhaust, he says, listen, I've got three champions, one for uh, Sky, Land, and Sea. You're going to use them to defeat the Rangers. I've got a plan. Do exactly how I would I tell you. Uh, everything will be fine. So there's like a lion and a bird and a shark, yeah. and they're they're gigantic already. It's The bird is called Sky... Sky Dagune. Yes. Now, the, I will say, here's a bit of uh, brief Sentai trivia. In Sun Vulcan, the, it was a three-person team, and their, like, symbols and their robots and stuff were a lion, an eagle, and a shark. Yeah. So I this is like a weird, that. like, I don't know if it's actually a tip of a hat to Sun Vulcan, but it should be. So, I. Uh... Zanette, we kind of, we pan at her again. She's looking down at the diary and then she's like, ooh, actually, I, she sort of like pops up all of a sudden and says, ooh, I'll go. Like, I'll handle this. So uh, she like hops in her car and she flies over and there's like a slot in the robot's forehead for a car to land, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which I think is a great <laughs> control mechanism. Because it doesn't uh, like they... go, I thought it was going to lower into the head and become a cockpit. It does not. She's just, like, riding on top of the head in her car. No, it's like a Power Masters Transformer. It just sort of, like, slots in there. So, uh, we Not my favorite there, Transformer uh, weirdo thing. You know, my favorite weird Transformer thing was? Hmm. The Pretenders. Dude, love the Pretenders. Never really understood, like, why they needed to exist, <sighs> but I liked that they did. Never made any sense, but I did like those robots. So... We go from there uh, down to Dapu, and Dapu's sort of like walking around that same sort of Christmas area, and he's got his like very bad disguise on, and he he basically is saying like, "Screw the Rangers, I'm gonna have my own Christmas fun." Like those guys are jerks. Like I'll 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 do this myself. He he sees a bakery and he runs over. He's like, "Oh my gosh, a Christmas cake! This is what I'm gonna do." 
And then, of course, just to like rub the salt in the wound, a child runs over. It's like, oh my gosh, a Christmas cake. And then that child's mother walks over. He's like, yes, my daughter, I love you because we are a family who are both alive. And we will enjoy this Christmas cake together. They don't say those exact words, but that's what they're telling you. (laughs) I'm so glad that neither Um, of us have been part of a a planet exploding and that we can enjoy this holiday together as a family. Right. So uh, we go back from there. Kyosuke is in the base. He's looking for Dapu. He sees kind of out of the corner of his eye Dapu's book, booklet that he had made. He's about to go check it out. But... Before he can, the Bozoke alarm sounds. Yes. And they, they got to deal with that. Uh, so we go from Zanet. Zanet is on Sky uh, Digane, and she's kind of getting instructions. And the first instruction is hit that red button. So she hits the red button. And Sky Digane like flies around, and then like energy flyers. Not like bolts of energy, like literal energy flyers, like handbill flyers, sort of shoot out of his mouth and then solidify and land on the ground. And Dapu picks one up. What the flyer says is, hey, any surviving Hazardians meet on planet Earth in this particular spot, like this is our meetup zone. Right, we're going to have like a survivor's reunion party or something. Right, obviously Dapu's totally stoked. We go back to Sky Digane, the bird, the big bird robot. It's a weird name. And uh, RV Robo, VRV Robo is there. Sorry. And he's like, hey, you big nerd. Like, come down to Earth so we can fight. So the the, the big eagle robot, Sky, what, Digane or Jigane? It's, I think it's Digane, but it could be Jigane. In my notes, I have it as Jigune, but who knows, man. The big, regardless, the big eagle robot lands and then they see that zanet is attached to its head and they're like wait zanet what are you doing here and as kyosuke is like getting his thought like his wits together the other four rangers are like oh kyosuke well go go talk to her go talk to your girlfriend (laughs) like get out of here and he's like "Oh, oh man i don't know i don't know if i want to and they're like oh my gosh you need to go do this like just like just go talk to her so he hops down. <laughs> he hops down. And her, her car has separated from the eagle robot's head and is now just yeah. on the ground by itself. So he walks up to the car and he's like, hey, 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 Zonette. Hey. How are hey, you doing? You. Having a, are you having a nice, are you having a nice day? Weather, weather's good or whatever. And, he, and she's like, listen, you wanted to do these dumb diaries. I have brought it to you here. Like, take this and read it. Like, stop looking at me weird. Like, I'm here for us. Like, just take this and read this book. Yeah. So he he takes it, and then her car activates on its own. He tries to, like, stop. It doesn't work. The car sort of flies up. Uh, Zenit is super annoyed because her car, like, reattaches to the, the bird robot. And then it does, like, a... Its torso just sort of spins independently, and it makes, like, a big wind uh, twister attack. And then it sort of, like, blasts lasers everywhere. Here's where we get, I think, the best part of this episode. Oh, yeah. Red gets back up into the cockpit of VRV robot. And, of course, this robot is freaking out and, like, blasting lasers. And all his teammates can say is, like, dude, did you get into a fight with Zonnet 
again. Right. Like, is that why she's attacking us? And he says, no, this is not my fault. Like, we just talked about the diary. And no and the one, two girls no are like, one believes him. <laughs> they're like, well, it definitely seems like she's real mad, dude. So, like, maybe you need to sort this out. He's like, listen. He's like, this is not my fault. We, this is not can me. Can we have this conversation later? Later, we need to focus on the situation on hand. There are lasers involved. Uh, so he, he he gets them to focus in. Uh, Zanette, because the whole thing is spinning around. She's on the head. So she's getting like, she gets like knocked out from the G-forces of spinning around so much. Um, and now that she has passed out and like things are going the way that they are, we cut up to space and Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust is like, okay, now it's time for phase two. Launch Marine Zaboom, who is the big shark yeah. robot. Uh, so, uh, Inventor Grotch attaches himself to the head in his, like, personal car, and they and it flies to Earth, and we don't immediately see where it goes. But we do cut to Dapu. Dapu is reading this flyer, and he's like, man, this newspaper, I've heard of this newspaper. It is, this is... It is known to have fake news. Like... <laughs> Straight up. This is definitely... That, that is what the subtitle says. Like, this newspaper is known to have fake news. I should not believe them. Yeah. I was going to make a joke, and then it made me sad, so I decided not to. So, uh, <laughs> he's like, this is definitely fake. Unless it's not. Right. And like, he's like, listen, he's like, like, a I'm 99, like 99... Yeah, 0.9% sure that it's fake. But, if it's... But, like... Just in but case. But if it's true, this meetup place is like down the block from here. I may, yeah, I may as well just walk past and see if there happens to be another Hazardian over there. Yeah. So uh, then we get like a dream sequence of him having like a delightful imaginary Christmas with his dad, who is back. Um, and again, we are reminded that Dapu is a child that loves his father. Um, he's like, I, I gotta go. I gotta go check it out. Uh, we go back from there to this robo fight, and the Rangers are a little bit lost. And as we mentioned before, they rely on Dapu kind of even more than they realize that they do. Because they're calling for Dapu, like, dude, what do we do about this robot? And of course, he's not there. And, uh, yeah, you know, because, like, you know, normally the answer is, well, you, you do Victory Twister and then it blows up, but they don't want to do that, of course, because they don't want to kill the beauties on that. So they're trying to figure out what to do. We cut back to Dapu. Dapu goes over to this pavilion where the meeting is. And he is, of course, incognito, which means he still looks like a weird alien, but he's put his hood up and he's wearing his sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's pretty fantastic. So he, he shows up at the spot and he's just sort of like asking around like, oh, hey, have you seen a weird tall Yoda? And all the people that are standing there, like, don't answer him. And then they all sort of, like, walk toward him silently in a very ominous kind of way. And they're very obviously bozo adjacent. Like, it's not really clear what they are. They sort of crown him into a corner. And then they all teleport away. But Marine Zaboon pops up out of the water and and cages him. Like, he's just got, like, an old, like, a shark cage, basically. And he just, like, slams it down on top of Dapu and captures Dapu. Yes. Uh, it was a terrible trap. The The giant shark had a shark cage, which, now that I'm thinking about it, is pretty good. Uh, we cut back. 
we the next thing that we see is VRV Master, who is carrying a big bag of it's a big paper grocery bag, but I think it's actually probably full of like pachinko prizes. Right, because we've seen him do that before, and it's all the same thing falling out of the bag. It doesn't matter. We we see VRV Master. Yeah, I mean, he's got prizes. And like, there's it. a moment with him. We cut away. We see Sky, according to my notes, Jigune, uh, throwing VRV Robo around, and VRV Robo is like losing power throughout the course of the fight. It's like using up its power reserves, and. I, I, I think that it's uh, the Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust is watching. Like, those power reserves are not getting replenished the way that they right. normally would. So, yeah. So, clearly, like, the fact that Dapu is not, like, there at his post, like, he needs to be there kind of all the time. This is a direct conduit that's that, that he needs to be, like, manning at all times. Sort right. Of. Now, previously, of course, when he was in a coma, we saw some times where he did not need to be there. But, if you recall, in those moments, we had the VRV Master, who we now at least are almost certainly sure was Dapu's father. So he could probably be doing the, like, the car magic conduit work in Dapu's place. Yeah. Um... But he's not here, of course, so things are going badly. But just as things seem to be going very badly, uh, the monster flies away. Like, the big eagle robot flies back to the moon, and VRV Robo sort of set... Like, it's on the ground. We cut to inside the cockpit, and, like, it's the camera is tilted to indicate that things have gone poorly for them. And they're, they're yeah. all catching their breath. And in that moment... Minoru is already reading the love diary that Zanette has brought to Kyosuke. Yeah, uh, he's like, holy crap, you gotta see this. And Red, appropriately, I feel, is like, dude, that is not for you to read. Like, that's not cool. And he's like, no, 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 no. Everybody needs to read this. And we flip and we see the page. And what it is, is that Zanette has put in the diary... What exhaust is playing? Right, it says like exhaust is like, targeting car magic. So now, man, now I feel like we we had talked about it at the beginning of this episode, but like this feels like a push towards the end game. Like exhaust is like the reckless dash emperor exhaust is targeting their power source. The beauties on net has like fully flipped and is now helping them, but isn't telling anybody that she's flipped. Dapu has been kidnapped. Dapu's almost certainly, this is the case, father is coming back into the picture. Like, this is how you go into the last few episodes. And you know what the thing that drives me crazy is, Dave? There's going to be at least two filler episodes between now and the end. I know there's going to be. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to be fun episodes. But the whole time we're going to be like, why have you not reconnected Dapu with his father? What's going on with Zanet? When is her little sister going to come back? But no, no, I'm sure we're just going to have a monster of the week and it's going to be nice. Uh, But speaking of episodes, Dave, that is the end of this episode. And normally, of course, this is when I would say it's not the end of our episode because we need to determine where something lands on the creature royale. But unless we want to re-rank the cockroach, we don't actually have a monster that got defeated this episode. Do you want to re-rank the cockroach? That, no, no, dude, he's in here for like, it's maybe a minute and a half. I, I do not think. I mean, okay, that is true, but total, he has had more screen time than 
almost any of the other monsters. Maybe we can revisit him in the last episode as we're doing like our full season wrap up. See if he if he moves up a slot or two. See, yeah, maybe, maybe if we see him another time, I might be willing to revisit it. But as of right, as now, of right now, we're gonna leave him where he is, and that, of course, means Dave that this is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail dot com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we're on there at Super Sentai Bros. Uh, Dave, if the good people would like to get a hold of you to get in on the playtest for Ghost Sentai Heroes, the tabletop role-playing game you are developing, how would they do that? Uh, you just email me at ghostsentaiheroes at gmail.com, and I will uh, get the rules as they stand out to you and uh, put you on the list for any future updates. Uh, right on. Uh, folks, remember, if you like the show, uh, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on there. That's what's going to point new people towards the show. As I have been told, lo these many years ago. Uh, if you'd like to listen to any other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, those can all be found at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Yeah!